you would be hard pressed to find another high school in America that's had a more significantly historic spring season. And I'm going to say ever long beach poly is having a spring that is breaking records, setting new records and just giving us moments that we thought were impossible and just end up being incredible. We starting with the poly boys swim team, breaking a 50 year league winning streak of Wilson's. Obviously you've got the track and field, the track rabbits going to do something special here coming down the stretch. And then Yesterday, Tuesday in Long Beach, on the corner of Dukmajian and Park Avenue, Bull Diamond at Blair Field on one side, and then about 100 yards away, Joe Rogers Stadium. That's where the Long Beach Poly softball team won in walk-off fashion, a walk-off two-run home run that we will talk about. And then minutes later, I was at that game, and I could hear the walk-off at Bull Diamond at Blair Field for the Poly Baseball team. Poly Baseball doing something this year that hadn't been done since the 90s, and Poly Softball doing something that's never been done. Guys, this is this, the more league script writers are just doing way too much this year. We got to tell them to calm down. They're not on strike, JJ. The right. the more league script writers have stayed in the lab and are uh, <laughs> churning out these historic storylines for sure. Yeah, the scripts were already in the can. We're just seeing the actors put them out. You know what I mean? We're just seeing them make it happen. But yeah, the, the double walk-off was pretty absurd. Uh, JJ, you were over at Joe Raji. I was at uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field. And, you know, I didn't know that uh, the softball team had won. I knew based on uh, your tweets that they were down going into the bottom of the seventh. And I knew that the Ho-Ching sisters were coming up. So you're saying there's a chance. So I, I knew that there was an opportunity. I didn't actually know until after the baseball team won in a walk-off that our, our friend Bill Gagne, who's on the uh, on the mic at, um, at at the Poly Games at Blair, he, he came on and said, there was another hop-off across the street for Poly Softball. And I was obviously stoked that they had won. But I was like, just not even surprised because I felt like I was in a Disney movie. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously they they did that as well. Because why wouldn't they? That's just the way the spring has been springing for Polly. It's laughable. Like our, our photographer, Art O'Neill, who got some incredible shots from that softball game yesterday, always doing a great job for us. He asked me what the score was as I think we were in the sixth uh, inning in the softball game. He asked me what the baseball score was. And I said, oh, it's still scoreless. Looks like they might be going to extras. And he looked at me straight faced and goes, oh, so two walk-offs then. And I laughed because that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I had the exact same feeling, guys. Like I I was following along feverishly, um, you know, refreshing my Twitter feed to get more updates. And we all carry with us in the postseason. We've talked about this on the podcast, like a certain anxiety for the kids we're covering. You know, like we we you know we're we're never on the field like rooting for one team or the other. But especially when you get to the playoffs, you really want the Long Beach kids to do well, and you're connected to them, so you feel that anxiety. You just don't want to see anybody cry. Anybody you just like you, you don't know, want to talk to crying teenagers. Right? Anybody like you there's a selfish motivation to that. Totally right. So there's a selfish motivation to that it's better for business, obviously, when we have teams making playoff runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I was coaching my son's baseball game yesterday, experiencing no anxiety about the outcome of these two games. And it is like you guys have known me a long time. I'm being dead serious when I said that. It was like. Oh, it's going to extras, but Lucas, like you, Tyler said something that indicated that Lucas still had pitches, so he was going to continue to pitch. So I, was, so I had the exact same thought as Art. I was like, wow, two walk-offs in a row to start the playoffs? That's insane. And then JJ had tweeted, 
it's 9-1-2 in the batting order coming up for the poly softball team. And I was like, all they need is for both hood chinks. I literally said out loud, all they need is for both hood chinks to score and they win the game. <laughs> it's like, you didn't necessarily know it was going to be on the same swing. And the right. Baseball, but <laughs> right. either way, you saw the formula kind of playing out. And, and that's what's been so wild is like, I don't know. It's it's the predictability of the craziness. We've gotten sort of numb to it, especially with the baseball team uh, walking off both of their playoff games so far. Uh, they have three in the last three weeks, all by junior Max Pemberton. Which and is insane. Have- which, is in- which is insane. Yes. That one because- kid has three walk-off hits, including two in the playoffs in yeah. like a couple of weeks. But that is insane. It's super wild, especially because they only have three losses all year and they have six walk-offs on the season as a team, which is just wild. I, I We can't even really properly put it into context. Um, I, I tried to do it last night when we were talking after the game. You, you did uh, a good job with the Major League Baseball stat. Hit him with that. Yeah, so the Major League record for walk-offs in a season – uh, was by the set by the Pirates uh, back in the day, and that that number is 18. So, but that took 154 games to have 18 walkoffs, and Polly's played 26 games, I believe, and have six. So, I mean, you'll have to crunch the numbers to figure out what the rate is or a per game walkoff. But you also have to consider Polly's only been the home team for 12 to 14 games this year uh it's tough to say when you know in tournaments you know they kind of it's a neutral site and then they just kind of arbitrarily pick who the home team is but they're roughly winning by walk-off half the times they're able to do it which like it totally baffles the mind i can't even i can't even believe it even though i've i've looked it up myself and i'm saying it out loud i can't believe it well, well a couple, you, a couple other just like insane stats because I threw this one at you guys this morning. They've won every single game this year where they scored more than one run. They're undefeated scoring two or more runs. That is like an insane thing to say. And obviously, we've been talking all year about they have this uh, historically good defensive um, run and performance. Um, but to be able to go, okay, you know, first of all, they haven't lost a game in a month, which was a 1-0 loss the last time they lost. And then to just be able to say, like, yeah, every time we got two guys across, <laughs> it's worked out for us so far. Not to mention without a home field for a majority of the season and without their head coach for a large chunk of the season as well. So it hasn't exactly been the smoothest of sailings. There's been, uh, you know, some obstacles to overcome for that group, and they have just passed every test with flying colors and their season is not done by any stretch. You may not believe what we're saying right now, but we've got proof guys. Picker didn't happen. We've got stories, videos, photos from both of those long beach, poly baseball and softball playoff wins on Tuesday, right now at the five, six, org. And it doesn't happen often, but uh, thank goodness it does happen. It, it's a, kind of a couple times a year where we're doing one of our highlight videos and I think all of us have the, you know, 35,000 foot view of Long Beach sports and what high school sports means to not only this community, but the community that will be made by the people who are young now and will be old, blah, blah, blah. But there are moments where we're doing these highlight videos and I'm like, man, this thing's going to blow up or holy cow, somebody's going to watch this in 30 years when they're sitting around with their grandkids or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And when you're able to do that, it Long Beach, right? This place is special. And when special stuff happens in a special place, somebody needs to write it down. And thank God we're here to do that, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, look, I, I enjoyed the Tuesday's coverage as a, a spectator, as I mentioned, and you know, it, it is impossible to put into words. Um, and I don't say this in a self-serving way; it's more so something that I've kind of been like very humbled by and a little bit in awe of over the last couple of years as we've come to realize it, like the um, importance of the video highlights and the coverage as a whole to like the youth sports culture in Long Beach is like very difficult to put into words. Do you know what I mean? And like, as my son's getting older, I'm seeing this so much more like um, one of his best friends was the bat boy for Wilson in a game. And I think it was Tyler got him in the video for like two seconds and I walk up to him and he's like, like everyone had just been like losing their shit. The, this kid's nine years old. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be in high school for four years. And already all of his friends are just like, you were on the 562 video, like for two seconds in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, so this is 15 years in for us. And we've heard from so many kids where they're like, you go to interview them and they sort of need to take a second. They're just like, I've been thinking about getting interviewed by JJ for 10 years or something wild um, it's i think we're all deep enough into our careers that it's weird because like it's not something that i i don't puff my chest up about it at all i just it's like it just makes me very emotional and like i said kind of humbled to know that people care about the coverage that much and it is a big part of our drive to make sure that we keep the 562 going to make sure that we have the money coming in like directly because of our year end fundraiser last year we were able to afford new 4k cameras that um quite literally now like that footage like there's footage up on espn w from the poly softball walkoff you know like tyler's out there filming uh you know 4k we, he gets that uh, women's soccer video from long beach state that goes literally on like every soccer outlet globally. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know, I, but I guess that's, I, I just sort of feel that sense of responsibility for us as an organization. Um, and I hope our, you know, I hope the people listening to this uh, who, you know, as we do fundraisers, we're not, I'm not even making a direct ask right now, but like as we're doing fundraisers and you see that stuff pop up, if you've got five, 10, 20, 50 bucks to throw in, it is going to take that because it is like, it is closer to not existing than people probably feel like it is just in terms of like making sure that we have enough funding. And so I hope that as people enjoy a month like this, that's been so historic, as JJ said, you know, think about this is a community owned nonprofit organization and it's it's going to be up to everyone who's enjoying the coverage to decide if it sticks around or not. Yeah. And 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 not to to take that for granted, you know, I mean, it's it's humbling to me that all the kids that we cover now have always grown up in a world and specifically in a Long Beach where these highlights exist, this type of coverage exists where, you know, and, and also to every sport as well. You know, we, we really pride ourselves and do our best for the quote unquote smaller sports, whether it be badminton, tennis, uh, golf, you know, the ones that maybe are more easily overlooked. I mean, than- has anyone else ever done a, I'm not asking this seriously. Have you guys ever seen a swimming highlight or a cross country highlight on a nut, like with a voiceover call on another high school sports website? Like you'll see videos of a kid swimming, but you're not seeing the like explanation necessarily of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. No, it's uh, it's we I mean, we, we haven't seen anything um, like what we're doing. And, and we feel like we're kind of continuing to sort of uh, maybe set the trend to five the odds. You know, we can be really honest about the fact that uh, that journalism is a, a, an industry that's going through quite a big change and has been over the last 15, 20, 30 years. Um, but we, we see the importance for 
for the kids, uh, most specifically the athletes that are out there getting to to have these moments enshrined for for the rest of their lives for for their kids, their grandkids one day, um, you know, and seeing the teams share it, seeing all the the relatives on social media sharing this around, you know, saying how proud they are of of their niece, their nephew, or their grandson, whatever it is, you know, and, and being a part of the creating those memories is really special. Um, but to Mike's point, I mean, it's, it's only possible if people want it, right? So we can want to do it as much as possible, but the only way we're going to be able to do it is if we can make a living doing it. And the only way that happens is with community support. So um, if if you love our coverage and want to make sure that it continues to be around, on every story, we put links to support, whether it's a GoFundMe link or a link to our support tab on the website. You can sign up as a subscriber on Patreon um, to commit to give us money every month. You can make a one-time donation via PayPal. You can send us a check. You can email us for details on sponsorships for your business or yourself. Uh, so we're really trying to <laughs> cover all those bases. And obviously, the the more that we can focus on the coverage, the more athletes we can talk to and highlight and celebrate rather than just trying to go out there and pay the bills. And I also got to give a shout out, the really, really talented people that we work with. I know you hear from the three of us on the podcast, but uh, JJ, you know, you mentioned Art O'Neill of All In Press um, and, and Art and John just do an incredible job um, highlighting so many athletes. You know, their, their track coverage is going to be unbelievable um, coming up the next few weeks, as it always has been, um, as well as, you know, our interns, our internship program that has then created uh, former interns that work for us. Uh, Eli Aquino was out helping me with social media um, at the walk-off at baseball, getting video up right away, keeping everybody updated so I could focus on getting the best possible video coverage. Um, so we're just super proud of the people that we get to work with. That's just to name a few people, right? Um, and it, as we try to grow this network and get out to more games and athletes, uh, it, it does take money. So if there's a way that you can contribute, uh, certainly hit us up um, and, and you know get, be a part of something that we feel is truly special for our community. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to do that. You can do it individually by just hitting the subscribe button that's on the top right-hand corner of the 562.org. You can donate via PayPal. You can even get your business or your family to be a sponsor of a sport or a school coming up here for next season. There are so many different avenues in which you can support the local community. And just to piggyback on what you guys were saying, yeah, as somebody who didn't wasn't born in Long Beach, didn't go to school in Long Beach until Long Beach State, I feel so lucky uh, and blessed to be able to be a part of this community that can create moments like Tuesday, where you've got uh, two historic things happening in two historic ballparks, a football field away from each other. Tyler, let's just start with the baseball game with it and go a little bit deeper on it. Um, this Long Beach Poly baseball season is unlike anything I've ever seen because of off the field issues. Uh, they had their head coach on administrative leave, leave for the vast majority of the season. They got their home field basically taken away from them because they had to take the netting down on the home diamond on campus. So like you can't play baseball if there's no netting, right? The netting was falling down, so they had to take it down. So then they just became road warriors as to Tyler's point, you know, if they played more home games, holy cow, how many walk-off wins would they have? <laughs> but the, this team, this like, and the first time I covered them was like a game at Wilson. And it's on campus. And these campus games that are the more league rivalries, they're they're played in a cracker box, even though they're outside, right? The emotion is this like cauldron and you can feel it. It's like on top of you. And this poly team had that, like Bill Simmons always says, like the most dangerous thing in sports. This poly team had that us against the world mentality. 
You know what I mean? All of the stuff with the coaching in the field had come down in that same week. It was the start of more league and they just hunkered down and just took to the sanctuary. That is the baseball diamond for them. And it was us against the world. And they played like that loose and free and having fun and just taking advantage of every single moment they had playing the game, what they love, uh, that they love with the people that they love. And look at them now, right? Doing something incredible. Baseball has a weird way of allowing people to do stuff like that, Tyler. And, uh, and I, I'm sure you saw the same thing there, Bull Diamond at Blair Field on Tuesday. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know what it is about the the game, but it, it truly makes it um, special and, and, and unpredictable. Um, and to your point, JJ, I talked to Jacob Mason after the game. Um, he threw um, a little over six scoreless innings as the starter for Polly, uh, really came through and, and did a nice job for them. And he said the same thing. He said, it, you know, it's us against the world. You know, we, we have that mindset, mindset every day, leaving the clubhouse. You know, we know nobody thought that we were going to be here, but they they've always believed it, you know, that they've always believed that they had an opportunity to have a special season. I don't know that they thought they were going to go 12 and 0 in the more league that hasn't happened uh, this century, but they did it. Um, and then now the, just the, the flair for the dramatic is truly wild. And you have to believe right after after this many times of having adversity, as you pointed out with the coaching situation, with the home field situation, and then winning in you know thrilling fashion six different times, including the first game of the season, kind of setting the tone. And then you walk off against, you know, Milliken, you walk off against Wilson. Uh, you know, these are t- historic powerhouses in the league and it, you do it in such a such a way that that you can't help but come together as a group and feel like you're unbeatable. They they are walking like they're invincible right now, and it's and it's hard to blame them. Well, one of the things that all of the great teams that I can think of right now, off the top of my head, what if they all had one thing in common: incredible leadership. Maybe yeah. it's a handful of um, of people who are seniors or something like that. Maybe it's just one person. Um, I know that that senior group over there has got something cooking right now for sure. But the chef in the kitchen is Lucas Scott. And to, to put it very simply, the kid is just special. Shake his hand, look at his eyes, ask him a smart question, and you'll see the exact same thing we have saw all season long. He's been the, the, like, the high school kids have always been great to my kids. It's a really fun part of this job for me is seeing them interact. But uh Lucas like really like took Vinny under his wing because he played at the same league at El Dorado, the Los Altos youth league that Vinny did. And um, like Vinny came home from the first walk-off win and had like had this like long heart to heart with Lucas, like after, <laughs> like after the game. And so he came home and he told me, uh, I'm not, I won't say where he goes to school, but he was like, Lucas went to the same elementary school as me and the same middle school. And he was like breaking down to me how he's going to like follow his path. You know what I mean? And it's a, but for high school kids to be nurturing of little kids like that, like that's such a cool thing about our city that I know is not the case from many stories from other people. I know that's not the case everywhere. Um, And I love that. And to what we were talking about earlier, I do think the coverage is sort of a part of that thread. You know what I mean? Like the seniors in high school now, there's been highlights of every big baseball game in Long Beach since they were three years old. Right. (laughs) It's kind of like everyone has that feeling of being on a, you know, the same journey to get to the same uh, ending point. I would hope that Wilson baseball players of now look up to Chase DeYoung and and want to model their their game and their approach to life really after a guy like that. You know what I mean? And it's easier to do that when you can easily access, you know, their games, you know, the way that they conducted themselves, read their interviews, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I agree, Mike. You know, we're trying to elevate 
kids to be role models, even though they're still kids, you know, but I, I think when there's certain guys and Lucas certainly falls into that category, um, you know, a division one talent, but um, you know, just an all American as far as like leadership and character and class and doing everything the right way um, on and off the fields, just, you know, helping keep this team together because through all the turmoil, you need that kind of through line to keep, you know, to keep things steady and keep things organized and keep the team together. And uh, wow. Talk couldn't have done a better job than what Lucas Scott has done this season as a senior captain. So for Long Beach Poly, it is quarterfinals Friday at your Belinda, correct? That's going to be Belinda, 3.15 p.m. Had a conversation with Brent Lavoie. He was trying to pitch the your Belinda coach on playing it at Blair. He was saying, you know, hey, there's a uh, there's a pretty good chance that one of the two of us will be playing in the CIF championship. The Division Three championship will be at Blair Field this year. Um, over at uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field. And uh, he said, the head coach said, we like our home game just fine, but thanks for the offer. <laughs> That's pretty like funny. It. That's pretty I funny. I like it, but... Hey, yeah. you, can't sell if you, you can't sell if you don't try and make the sale. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Always be closing, coach. <laughs> uh, so um, minutes before the... And by the way, Tyler, uh, we've had some really good nicknames and turns of phrase and things on our highlight videos and podcasts and such uh over the years that people still still talk about right a hop off victory for the jackrabbits is gotta be like in the hall of fame like top 10 so good job on you um and anybody else who now has that in their life because that's pretty amazing so just before the hop off victory at bull diamond at blair field there was a hop off victory at joe rogers stadium across the street for Long Beach Poly softball, they've never won two playoff games in the same season, so they're going to the quarterfinals for the first time. That's also going to be at home against Fullerton on Thursday. I believe it's probably going to be 3.30. Uh, Double-check the website for that stuff. Um, too bad they don't play at the same time again. That would be pretty crazy. But uh, So the softball, t- the softball game, um, y- one of the things that's the most impressive to me is uh, Long Beach Poly has girls on this team who play uh, elite-level travel ball softball. And when you play elite level softball, you're seeing velo all the time. Like these arms that are in travel ball are the next level arms, right? So it's way more difficult to come back to the high school game and face a pitcher like uh, Martin Luther King High School had coming into that game on thir- on Tuesday. She didn't throw, I don't think she threw one fastball, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, it was like screwballs. It was off speed stuff. And Polly was being really aggressive early in at bats because they were like, you know, Usually when you face a pitcher like that, they're trying to get one over, get a strike, get ahead in the count, and then play with you and make you chase stuff, right? So Polly swung at the first pitch, seven out of the first 11 at bats. So the game was like happening quickly and they were getting good pieces. It was just right at girls. I mean, like really frustrating stuff. Nyla Springer laced one down the right field line that I thought was going to kill somebody, but it ended up being a double play. You know what I mean? A lot of stuff like that. Yeah. No, you, so, you uh, uh, just briefly, I want to say you're, it's incredible that you're taking that stat while you're also filming the game. Um, but also, yeah, like that, um, that King team made some defensive plays that were like shocking to me when I watched your video, bro. Yes. Very, very, very surprising. They were web gems. Um, so Tiara Ho-Ching, uh, shortstop and her sister, uh, Kiele Ho-Ching, the second baseman, they're at the top of the lineup. We're going to get back to that in just a second, but Tiare, I'm asking her after the game, like, you know, you go up to the, you go up to the plate. It's one out in the seventh. Your team is trailing by one run. What are you looking for? Right. 
And her point was she had been getting that same off-speed pitch the whole game. She rolled it over on her first at-bat, first pitch swing, by the way, rolled it over on the first at-bat, um, lined out in her second at-bat, infield single in her third bat-bat, but she rolled over, lined out. She's like, okay, I just got a, a little bit more, a little bit more swing angle, you know what I mean? A little bit higher. And sure enough, she doubles in the seventh by making that adjustment. I can't express how difficult it is to make an adjustment like that in a game like that when you're that age and there's so many things going on. Like that is that is next level stuff to do something like that. And so she hits the double. This is my favorite part of the whole story. So she's on second. She gets all the way turned up. You know, she's getting pumped up trying to get the dugout going. It's She's the tying run and she's on second base and there's only one out. And her sister comes up and Kelly steps to the plate and Tiare is pointing, right? She looks like one of those uh, old air traffic controllers with the with the cones in their hands, <laughs> the flashlights, because she can see perfectly where the catcher is set up. So she basically pointed to her left, so the pitcher's left and uh, Kiele's right. She points to where the ball's going to be pitched. So Kiele just hugs the plate a little bit, looks for something to drive on the outside half. Boom. Boom into the gap, all the way to the fence. That fence in Joe Rogers is far. So she's rounding second base and just sees the ball hit the fence and is like, I'm not stopping. I am not stopping. Walk off, two-run home run. I took a picture of the two sisters after the game, and uh, I, I couldn't think of how to express exactly what had happened. So I just put the picture, and I put double, period, home run, period, ball game because that's how fast it felt it was the first pitch it was like okay here let's hunker down for the bat bat of the ink oh never mind all right let's go home. <laughs> just the confidence that those two play with is unreal you know what i mean and for them to not be seniors and for one of them to be a freshman is just outrageous because it's like they're just so comfortable and they they play the game with a smile on their face constantly like no one's having more fun and beating you worse than the Ho-Ching sisters and so it's like it's must see tv if you can get out and, and watch them play you won't regret it and uh they're going to be playing a lot of softball after they're done in high school let me just say that 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 playoff game is getting the quarterfinal jj mentioned is going to be a joe rogers at 4 p.m on thursday so very excited to get to see them play again and uh you know Obviously, coming from the Ho Ching family, there's always going to be very high expectations for what those kids are going to do in high school. I did have John Jean, who's like a, a poly historian video guy, texted me and said, so the question all the other old timers are asking me is, do the Ho Ching sisters play girls flag football? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly should. Those those wheels are real. Those wheels are real. Uh, before we get out of here, can we still just mention the other stuff we kind of skipped over? Um, we talked about how special a guy like Lucas Scott is and how special the sisters are. Uh, Colin Gear also a pretty special dude leading that poly boys swim team to the historic more league championship. And then not to be outdone, he goes and sets a CIF record. I mean, man, just watching that guy orchestrate his, the end of his swim career, his stuff dreams are made of. He like, I think all three of us sort of, it was great that first of all, that all three of us were able to be at that meet, but I know all three of us just shared eye contact at different points throughout that meet. Like, are you seeing what this fucking kid is doing? Like, <laughs> You know, like uh, uh, Tyler, was it your clip? The the clip that went up on Twitter 
of him celebrating a win by <laughs> slapping the water. And then like right when he slapped the water, the lights turned on in the pool. Which um, we're on a timer, by the way. So complete, yeah, 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 yeah. Complete yeah. coincidence. What are the odds? Let's get let's get somebody to break down the odds no, on that. But but here's <laughs> but here's all you need to know about that kid. So I told that story and I showed the video to Sammy Hamilton, who's a, a Wilson Jr. and the other really really elite swimmer that we have in Long Beach. We have one boy and one girl that are sort of at that top top youth nationals level of swimming. And I told Sammy that story and she like laughed and rolled her eyes and she was like, "That's such a Colin Gear thing to happen." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. Like he's the Paul Bunyan of swimming. Or something. <laughs> and nice. honestly, that I mean, that's a that's a pretty big tree to chop down that 50 year, 49 consecutive championship um uh streak for the Wilson Boys swim team. I mean, <laughs> that was I don't know how to describe it, but like certainly a looming presence within the Long Beach aquatics community, right? Like that has just been the stuff of legends, generations of of aquatics families on the Wilson side, obviously, and then even not on the Wilson side, trying like who's going to do it? When is this ever going to happen? Um, yeah. And, you know, it's there's no shame for the rest of the league. Wilson is the best aquatics, uh, high school aquatics program in the nation. Right. I, I mean, there's we're not really arguing. There's that, no one. So. No one is uh, no one yeah. is close to or uh, approaches them uh, on that tip. Absolutely. And yeah, to anyone. Um, I, and I said that, you know, we're uh, close with some of the Wilson kids. And I said it to a couple of them like, you know, it's ne it's never uh, one team's year forever. It, it never right. like it, it's like. But this was the longest ever in California that it was one team's year. And they did have some incredible inspirational. I mean, I was literally shedding tears the night they won, you know, the day after Latham Bell had passed away. Um, it was just like one of the most insane and emotional sporting events I've ever been at. But at some point, it's someone else's night. And it was Polly's night. And as you guys said, there was so much history and everything that went into that. One last comment I want to make on Colin Gear. Um, and I've got a feature on him that'll hopefully be out later this week, but Ish Pluton, the coach at Polly, told Tyler and I this story of Colin had at a dual meet with Los Al. Um, like it was just, you know, it's like a dual meet, like the first or second week of the season. But there's a lot of people there because it was Polly Los Al. And there was like a relay where it was like he had to come from behind to catch this kid and win it. And he got out of the pool and everyone's losing their mind. You guys know how a big relay win is at, at these dual meets, right? Everyone's losing their mind. Ish is pumped up. And he said, Colin just had like this completely calm demeanor and he just looked at Ish and he was like, that was good. That's good practice for the Wilson meet. And Ish was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we're probably going to find ourselves in a situation where like, I need to really like pull something out of myself to get us over the top on our relay. So that was good prep for the Wilson meet. <laughs> and Ish just looked at him. And I think he told us, he was like, carry on, Colin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As I your coach, I've got nothing for you. <laughs> what, what are you going to add to that? You know, right? Nope. But that's how no much knows. he was right. But that's how much he was thinking through and processing what it was going to take to get something like that done. Um, now, before we get out of here, we're talking about a special spring. We have to talk about the track and field meet coming up. Um, there is certainly a chance for Polly to do something very special, but but th this is more the city as a whole. Fifty-four entries into the CIF finals. Um, that's the most that I have seen in our 15 years. There were times in the 90s when I think Polly and Wilson would go one through six in events at CIF. So I'm not going to say it's the most ever, but in our 50, 15 years, 
54 people uh, is the most that we've seen. And uh, Polly, the favorite to win on the boys' side. Wilson, the favorite to win on the girls' side. But the second place team, the way that most of these guys are grading it out, would be the Polly girls. So it could have a really great back and forth between Wilson and Polly on the girls' side. We'll see what happens with Polly. Then you throw in that Lakewood's girls team has got the best crew they've had probably since the 70s. And, oh, by the way, Jordan has got Jordan Washington, who is the heavy favorite to win the 100 and the 200. Um, And then Jason Parra is the number one seed for Milliken into the boys' 3,200. So this could truly be really, really one of the most special days that we've had in our 15 years. Um, As you've heard, it's kind of been that sort of a spring. But it's definitely setting up really nicely. And if we want to pick out one more individual to shout out, Zai Ricks on the Poly Boys track team is a junior. He has this year the number two time in America in the 800. And we'll be running that at the uh, New Balance Nationals, which is the biggest, you know, postseason national meet you can go to. And he is yeah, not, he is not yeah. running the 800 in the postseason for Poly because they're trying to keep his mileage low enough because they've added for the state meet a scoring four by 800 relay. Polly and Wilson are one, two in the state of California in this four by 800 relay. They didn't think it would be reasonable to ask Zai to run in prelims and finals of every round a 400 and 800, the four by four and the four by 800. And I would agree with that, that asking that kid to sprint a mile and a half Uh, every week for a month is probably not uh, the best thing to do. So he's running in the 200 and the 400. He's the one seed in the 400. And I expect Jordan Washington to win that race Saturday. But Zai's qualifying time in the 200 was actually faster. So I want you to think about what kind of a freak athlete we're talking about when he could have placed in the high jump as well at the more league finals. But you're talking about a kid who's got a faster qualifying time than Jordan Washington in the 200, who's also number two in the country in the 800. That is like next level freak athlete stuff. And when you watch the guy run, you can't really even wrap your head around having that kind of elite sprint speed, but also the endurance and physical ability to run a half mile sprint. Right. That's and we've seen athletes dominate a particular discipline, um, not just from local schools, but at other schools. You know, as as you cover CIF and state track, you get to see some pretty elite special. A lot of future. We've all gotten to see a lot of future Olympians for sure. Shout out Michael Norman. But um, to see someone like as you're pointing out, Mike, to have that sort of uh, spread of disciplines, that's a very different race. The 800, the, (laughs) the half mile compared to uh, 200 and to be elite elite in both of those uh in, in with the 400 mixed in obviously as well uh at the you know the middle point there i mean that's it, it is truly remarkable and the fact that you know he's not even done with his junior year and has a whole other year is uh is really great and there's a lot of uh young and up-and-coming talent all across the city and i know Polly's certainly no exception and that track program is no exception so um if you're if you're going to more park high school Maybe expect to hear a what up Long Beach screamed uh, throughout that video. <laughs> I'm not saying who's going to get to do it. We don't know uh, how many kids are involved, whatever. But it's a pretty safe bet that uh, you're going to get to hear that uh, echoing through more Park High School, which I should really refer to as more Drive High School because it's very far. And to be honest, I'm going to be salty on the podcast after CIF because I'm still going to be annoyed that they're holding it there. So- a suggestion, just a suggestion. If one city 
is one, two, three in the preseason rankings for a sport, maybe don't hold the CIF championship two hours away from that city. And I know that there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but I'm just saying Vets is right here. I could walk to it. Even Instead Mount Sac, an elite facility. Yeah. I mean, Long Beach. You said, Mount, you said Mount Sac? Yeah. Mount Sac would be better. What well, about El, El Camino? That's El Camino is nice. El Camino is great. So I do it as Cerritos or Vets, but more park asking everyone to drive all the way up there when this year the talent is really Long Beach and then in Orange County. The, the Orange County is having one of its best years ever in track and field, too. It's just a, it's a real bummer. <laughs> is that like a success thing? More parks cross country was so good that they get to host the track finals? I think that uh, when it comes to the bidding process, I know that cost is a big part of it. I know everyone wants them to do it at Mount Sac, but Mount Sac literally rebuilt that um, track and field uh, stadium to be sort of the B site for USA track um, yeah. to uh, Hayward field in Oregon. And I know that it's very expensive. I know that like, I know that the CIF would rather it be at Mount Sac as well. I think that that's sort of a cost thing on Mount Sac side. Um, but uh, more park high school, there were just lots of issues. We've heard it from all the teams we cover. There's just, and we've heard, certainly heard it from Tyler justifiably last year. It's just, there's like lots of, there's just like lots of issues with the way that it's set up to where like, even a place like Tribuco, you know, I think for a CIF championship, you hope you're at a little bit more prestigious of a venue than that, but it's laid out really nicely at Tribuco. You know, they have a lot of extra field space um, where you can practice and stuff. And it's, uh, you know, there's some concrete warmups and stuff like that going on at, uh, at Moore Park. But, but you know, the armies don't get to choose a battlefield uh, that they, they're marching on. That's where we're going uh, on our side. That's where the kids are going, hopefully, to make some history. And, uh, and that, that should be a fun Saturday uh, experience for, for the city. What a spring for Long Beach Poly High School, considering the history that was already at that school, how long it's been, the success it's had, the fact that so many different things that are this historic are happening within weeks of each other. Just, I remember this one interview, we'll end with this. I remember this one interview with Arlo White. If you've ever played FIFA soccer, the video game, he's he's the voice of the original FIFA. He's like the guy who was the play-by-play guy for basically every crazy uh, English Premier League event you've you've watched on a highlight of, right? He's that voice, Arlo White. So he's doing this interview, and somebody asked him about his like pet peeves from listening to other announcers. It's kind of hard to enjoy the sausage once you've seen the factory. He's listening to these games, and it's hard not to critique or whatever. And he said, usually he doesn't critique, but the one thing that drives him absolutely crazy is if an announcer ever says the words unbelievable, because in fact, you just witnessed it. And to say something I just saw and you saw with our eyes is unbelievable makes absolutely no sense. I agree. But this spring has been unbelievable, you guys. <laughs> I agree. And yet. And yet. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Please get to the website, support how you can, share these stories. The kids or in the videos and part of these articles making this history want to see the love out there. So give them some love and we will continue to do so as well. We are coming to the end of this athletic season. And as you just heard, it's ending with a bang. So for Mike and for Tyler and for JJ, this has been What Up Long Beach and you will be hearing What Up Long Beach in the future. I guarantee it. We'll see you in the stands, everybody. Take care. Peace.